The title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is Serving God's Purpose. Serving God's Purpose. Please say that with me. Serving God's Purpose. And I just wanna pray. Father, I dedicate this time to you as I share the word. I believe, Lord, you have placed this upon my heart and I make myself available to you to declare and share the word of God. I believe and trust in the anointing of God to make the word and the sharing of it very effective. Thank you that I will share under the authority of the power of God. I pray for receptive hearts, that people will be fully open to receive what you are saying at this point in time. In Jesus' name, and we all say amen. So serving God's purpose is what it is all about. And... Um, this message deals with serving the purpose of God in this generation, in this time, right now, in this day and age. I wanna remind you that God has you alive now. You're alive right now for this purpose. And you mustn't think, well, what a terrible time to live in. There's so much challenges, so many challenges in the world. I, I wish I'd lived in some other time. No, God in his great wisdom has purposed that you would be alive now in this generation to serve the purpose of God in your generation and let us live with a sense of destiny, a sense that God has a plan, I'm part of that plan, and while I'm here on earth, I want to fulfill the destiny that God has upon my life. Anybody excited about that? We wanna fulfill the destiny that God has for us. Now. I'd like to ask that uh, you turn to Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 is what we will look at. Acts 13 verse 36, in a moment's time, I'm gonna read from the NIV version. And so basically, I am directing your attention now to, uh, let me call it this, an interesting little verse of scripture. And it is one that could easily be overlooked but I believe that this has a beautiful gem or a jewel in the scripture. You may have read this before and it never really sank in too much, but I'm praying that maybe for the first time, many people, you would see this, it would speak to you, and, uh, and that the Lord would use it at this time in your life. So here it is, Acts 13, verse 36 from the NIV. It says, now, when David, everybody say David. We're gonna look quite a lot at David today. Now when David, here it is, had served God's purpose in his own generation. Do you see those words? He fell asleep. That means he died. It's using old terminology. He fell asleep. He was buried with his ancestors and his body decayed. Some of you I know like to read the Bible in certain stretches and you read so many uh, verses or a chapter a day and, and maybe you've read this and you just kind of glanced over it. Let me read it again. Now, when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. The same verse in the message puts it as follows. David completed the work God set out for him. Isn't that so lovely when God's given you an assignment, he's given you work to do, 
and you actually complete it, you get it done. One more translation is the Passion Translation, renders verse 36 as follows. It says, David passionately served God's desires for his generation. Have you ever thought of serving God's desires for the generation that God has placed you in? There are three points that I'd like to share with you based on this one little verse of scripture to try to bring it to life, help us to understand it better. Three points I'd like to share with you. Number one, David served God's purpose in his generation. David served God's purpose in his generation. Would you say that out aloud with me? David served God's purpose in his generation. And uh, that is actually a remarkable statement. David truly did this. He truly served the purpose of God in the generation in which he found himself. And I think, well, what a wonderful testimony about David's life. And I believe that that is a testimony that you and I should desire. I want that testimony that one day will, people will say of my life, John served the purposes of God in his own generation. What a beautiful testimony. You see, David's life actually serves as an example to us. He's one of the beautiful examples in Scripture, and his life was a model. Would you say a model? His life was a model for you and I to follow. You see, in other words, he lived in such a way that he got the job done. He lived in such a way that he fulfilled his purpose or he fulfilled God's purpose for his life, but he got the job done. And so thinking about this, that he actually got it all done, he finished the work that needed to be done, I submit to you that it would be difficult, if not impossible, to improve upon that. <laughs> If somebody's gotten the job done, how can you do better than that? No, you can't. For your own life, that's what you want to do. And so I believe that to accomplish all that God has planned for your life and for mine, I would venture to say that that is true success. God has things in store for you. You end up doing all of these things and you realize, wow, the job is done. That is true success. Matthew Henry, how many of you have heard of Matthew Henry? He is one of the well-known Bible scholars. And uh, he says about this aspect of David, he says, David was a great blessing to the age wherein he lived. He was the servant of his generation. Those that will do good in the world must make themselves servants of all. We were not born for ourselves, but are members of communities that we must serve. This is very important. I believe David had an understanding that I'm not born for myself. I'm not born for, for, for my pleasures and fancies and so on. I'm born for a purpose. David had an understanding of this. I ask you today, do you have an understanding that you are not born for yourself, that your life is not your own? You are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your bodies. 
You see, when we come into a life that is surrendered to Christ, it's one in which we lay down our own things and ideas, we take up the cross of Christ, and we follow Him. Somebody says, well, that sounds like a hard life. Well, there's challenges associated with it, but I wanna tell you, it is the most rewarding, exciting, satisfying life you could ever wish for. The life of surrender is far more exciting and satisfying than anything you can come up with in terms of what you want for your life. And so I love this phrase where Matthew Henry says, we are not born for ourselves, but are members of communities with which we must serve. You see, you can't be selfish and at the same time serve your own generation. No, you need to be mindful of the bigger picture. Maybe I'm sitting, uh, standing and talking to you today and as you're listening to me, you may be 31 years of age and as you look at your life, if you're honest, your life has been very focused around what you wanna do and the stuff that you wanna get done, but I wanna submit to you today that there is a bigger picture. We serve a big God who gives bigger pictures to people's hearts, it's called visions and dreams. And when God spoke to Joseph, God gave him a bigger picture. Maybe Joseph was just thinking of being the bee's knees in amongst his family. God said, I have a far bigger picture for you and will you just surrender to this far bigger picture? There is a bigger picture, child of God. And I believe that David understood there's a generation to serve. There's not just serving of my own plans and my own purposes. Now, this reminds me of the Apostle Paul. We often read scriptures that the Apostle Paul wrote but this is somebody who also understood living for the bigger picture, living for his generation. And it says in 2 Timothy 4, verse six to eight, I'll read it to you. Paul said, I am already being, listen to these words, poured out as a drink offering. Please say that with me. Poured out as a drink offering. Interesting picture there. Paul says, I'm already being poured out as a drink offering. The time of my departure is at hand. Maybe he began to sense, I don't have too much time left. And then he says in verse seven, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. And now this beautiful promise, finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but to all who have loved his appearing. But notice this phrase that we see there, poured out as a drink offering. Can I submit to you that that is the best way to live our lives, where we pour ourselves out as a drink offering? That is actually the aim. And we shouldn't live selfish lives, but we live in a way that we wanna serve God's purpose in our generation. Now, Dr. Miles Monroe, he was a close friend of Choose Life Church and of our family. He ministered here on a number of times, and he was such a great blessing. He went to be with the Lord a few years ago. But Dr. Miles Monroe had many statements and quotes that went far and wide around the world. And one quote, which is maybe a little lesser known, but if you Google it, you'll quickly find it. Dr. Miles Monroe said this, don't die old, die empty. <laughs> That's the goal of life. Go to the cemetery and disappoint the graveyard. 
Doesn't that just sound like Dr. Miles Monroe? <laughs> With his Bahamian accent. I didn't get the Bahamian accent in there. But I like that. He was talking about the need to die empty. I wanna tell you, it is a great tragedy when somebody goes to the grave without pouring out their life as an offering, without serving their generation. It is a great tragedy. Conversely, it is a great honor when somebody graduates to heaven and you can see in their life They've poured their lives out for God and they've accomplished what God wanted them to accomplish and they graduate to heaven, but they have fulfilled their destiny. And I call forth out of you that you would fulfill the destiny of God upon your life. This is not for superstars in the kingdom. This is for every single one of us to fulfill the destiny. I heard a story a couple of years ago about a pastor he was involved in the New Covenant Church movement in South Africa. And he was a man that had served God well, he had served God faithfully. He had planted quite a number of churches in his life, a number of churches. And now this man, he was in his 70s, and uh, still it was like God was stirring in his heart. And even although he had accomplished great things in his life, he said to his colleagues the following, he said, I think I still have another church within me. <laughs> think about that. The man's in his 70s. He can just look at like the easy life and I don't know, reading magazines on the stoop and eating iced grapes or things like that. But he, he could just like think of the easy life and, and just wanting to bry all the time. Brian's lacquer and so on. But you know what he says? He says, I think that there is still another church within me that I need to plant, that I need to give birth to. Wow. That reminds me of Caleb. Was it Caleb? Yes. At the age of 85, he said, I'm not done fulfilling my potential. Give me the hill country because God's still got stuff to do through my life. What a wonderful way to live when you say, I've still got stuff to do. Even at 85, even in your 70s, I still have a church to plant. Now, another wonderful example of fulfilling God's purpose is Jesus Christ himself, obviously. The most ultimate, ultimate example. And uh, Jesus is praying, and it is in uh, uh, the book of John, chapter 17 and verse four. And Jesus is praying, he's praying to the Father. He says, I have glorified you, Father, on the earth. We wanna be able to say that. And then he says, I have finished the work. Those three words, finished the work. Please say that. Finish the work. He says, Father, I have finished the work which you have given me to do. Now this is the Son of God saying I understand about the purpose being fulfilled on earth. I wanna say to you, do you understand about your purpose being fulfilled on earth? And imagine getting to the point where you have finished your work on earth. That's quite an amazing place to get to where you realize that you have thoroughly completed serving the purpose of God in your own generation. What an amazing accomplishment. And just by the way, David actually served his generation. You could actually say he served only his generation because he was only alive at that time. But Jesus Christ, he served all generations. Because in what he did on the cross, 
He served the world. He served all generations, past, present, and future. Uh, but also just to say that David wrote the Psalms, which have served many generations past uh, the time that he lived. But realize that it is only Jesus that has served all generations. And I wanna say to you, child of God, that it is entirely possible for you to fulfill and complete the destiny on your life. That you can also get to the place where Paul said, well, I've run the race. I've done what I needed to do. And then you graduate on to be in glory. So that's number one. David served God's purpose in his, in his generation. Number two, how did David serve God's purpose? We've talked about the principle that he did this and that was his heart and he served God. But I believe it's also good to look at a couple of things in his life, maybe some of the high points in his life that demonstrate how he was just obeying God. So some of the events that demonstrate obedience to God's purpose in David's life, well, he killed the giant. I believe that that was not David's idea, it was God's idea that was stirred in David's heart and David went out and did it. He served God's purpose. He was also a man after God's own heart. You know that David is such a beautiful example of really loving God. As the deer pants after the water, my soul longs after you. David said, one thing have I desired. He desired the courts and the presence of God. He served God's purpose in his generation by being somebody in love with God and that had a spillover, which I'll tell you now. Also, David wrote most of the Psalms. I wanna say to you today, there might be people under the sound of my voice, you know God has called you to write books and maybe some of you have already and there's even more books that God wants you to write and David left a legacy even for subject, uh, subsequent generations through what he wrote in the Psalms. Some of the most beautiful poetic literature and prophetic literature that he shared. He served his generation with the Psalms. Also, he defended his people skillfully against their enemies. He was brilliant at leading the armies. Another way in which David served his generation is that he brought strong leadership to the nation. It is said that David was Israel's greatest king. And some uh, commentators have said that under David's leadership, it was as though the people in the nation had a golden era that they were living under while David was leading with skillful hands and a heart sold out to God. Also, David served God's purpose in his generation by unifying the nation. Unity is something that God wants to bring. The nation previously was divided, but God brought unity and he did it through his servant David. Also, David extended the boundaries of the kingdom. As a result of his leadership, the kingdom grew in territory. There was territorial expansion, and it was because of a man serving God's purpose. Two more things that David did in serving his own generation. I love this one. He brought back the Ark of the Covenant, which symbolized and contained the very presence of God. He brought back the Ark of the Covenant, and along the way there were some challenges, and then it stayed in a certain place for a little while, but ultimately he brought it back to Jerusalem. 
Do you know that prior to that, worship had happened all over in the different territories, wherever the ark was, but David, under the leading of the Lord, was bringing it back to Jerusalem because he was gonna create a center of worship for the presence of God. And the last thing I wanna say in terms of how did David serve his generation is this. He restored worship. Please say the word worship. Say it a bit louder. Worship. He restored worship to the nation of Israel. And to me, I believe this was one of his greatest accomplishments. Remember, he was a musician. He played the harp in front of Saul, and Saul would have distressing spirits. But next thing, David playing the harp under the anointing, suddenly Saul would become calm. David loved to worship God. He was a minstrel. And I wanna tell you that he initiated a massive project of worship restoration in the nation. He raised up worshipers. He raised and trained up musicians, minstrels that would play in the courts of the Lord. And also, he instituted 24-hour worship that came in under David. What was he doing? He was seeing to the restoration of worship in the nation. Some of you listening to me today, you might know that you have a same call, that you are called to restore worship in the nation of South Africa and in the, nation of the nations of the world. Don't underestimate what God can do through your life, child of God. See the bigger picture. Don't limit yourself. When David was with those couple of little sheep, he probably thought, I don't have great things in store in my life, but I wanna tell you, God can take you and use you in incredible ways. Come on, would somebody give the Lord a hand of praise for how God can take us and use us to serve the generation. And I believe that obedience was the key in David's life. He simply did what God showed him to do. And in so doing, he served his generation. I don't believe that David knew everything from the beginning. When he was anointed by Samuel as a young boy, probably 10 to 12 years of age, he probably had a sense, okay, one day, it seems like I'm, I'm, I might be king, but I believe that for the majority of events in his life, he didn't know what was gonna happen, but he said, God, I will obey you. Some of you are saying, well, I need to have everything mapped out in terms of my future right to the end. Not necessarily. The key is you obey God with this thing that he puts in front of you and with that thing he puts in front of you and with that thing he puts in front of you and just now you realize, wow, God has been using my life and I've been serving his purpose in the generation. Now, let's just read our main scripture again, Acts 13, verse 36. I wanna drive it home a little bit more. It says, now, when David had served God's purpose, in his own generation, he fell asleep. Maybe you will serve this generation by writing songs, which will become worship anthems that will go around the globe. Are you listening to me, young people? Worship team members that are still here, are you listening to me? Maybe you will serve your generation by raising your kids to become influencers, not be influenced. Maybe you will serve your generation by planting churches 
or by promoting healthy living. So many people struggling with their health and their lifestyle. Maybe God has caused you, caused, called you to be involved in that area and help people live healthy lives. Maybe God has called you in the, in the dimension of education. You just know that you love to train and educate people. Maybe God has called you into the whole realm of medicine. God has called you into the whole realm of conservation. And you know that you're gonna serve this generation in that area. So think big. Think of what God can do through your life. Can I get an amen? Yes. Wonderful. So number three, the last point. What is God, sorry, what purpose does God have for me in my generation and am I serving it? Let me say, this is where it becomes a little bit more personal. This is where it becomes a little bit more personal. Kevin, are you listening to me? You gotta listen. <laughs> am I serving the purpose of God in my generation? What is the purpose that God has for me? And am I serving it? And this is an important question that you and I need to ask. I believe you should go ahead and say, God, speak to me. But before we get into that, I just wanna say that you and I, we have a choice to make. Will I serve my own desires or will I serve God's desires? But I wanna tell you that the outcome of that decision has vastly differing results at the end. Heaven and earth difference between choosing my desires and choosing the desires of God. And I wanna say to you that just as David served the purpose of God in his generation, listen to this, God is calling you to serve his purpose in your generation. Maybe some of you have never thought generationally before, and I wanna say, based on the scripture, begin to think generationally in terms of God's purpose. You know what? I think of our current legal action. We announced this to you last week. We said that we are, under the leading of the Lord, taking legal action because we wanna challenge the lockdowns related to church gatherings, and we are believing that we need to see higher attendances at church. And I believe that as we've been busy with this, and uh, two of the team here at the church has been working closely with me, uh, Pastor Bruce and Lennon have been working closely with me as we've been working with the lawyers and so on. But I believe it is significance, but this is it. I sense that we are actually, by this legal application, we are actually serving God's purposes in South Africa in this time. Does anybody agree? We're serving God's purposes. This is not for anybody's, uh, you know, I don't know, to blow somebody's trumpet or to try be heard or something. No, we're doing this because we believe that God wants us to serve our generation. Listen to this statement. Sometimes, the problems we encounter will become the mission that God is calling you to. Sometimes you look at problems and you just wanna, you know, rondai, shondai them away, get, get behind me, say, but God 
could even be allowing those things because he's gonna use you to transform, the, transform those problems into how he's gonna use you. I've heard it said before that many times God will take the miseries that you've experienced in your life and he will make it into a ministry and you will serve God's purpose in accordance with that. Now, you might say, John, I am not like King David. And you're talking about King David and this big guy. And, and I mean, he was leading a nation and he was very important and so on. But even though you might not be leading a nation, that doesn't make the purpose of God upon your life any less special or important. Your purpose is just as important. It's different, but it's just as special, just as important. I believe that every single person on the planet has a preordained purpose specially prepared by God. And this is confirmed in Ephesians 2 verse 10. It says, for we, that's you and I, we are his workmanship. And it says, created for good works. Would you say good works? You could just as well say a God-ordained purpose. You are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so simply put, I wanna say to you, according to what God says, there's good works for you. There's a purpose. And he has prepared it beforehand, knowing exactly who you are, your makeup, your chemistry, your personality, your interests, and he has brought you about for such a time as this. And we declare that we will fulfill the purposes of God on our lives. Come on, child of God, we will fulfill that purpose. And so I wanna remind you, if God says there's works for you to do, I've planned them for you, that we, with that in mind, should live with a sense of destiny. I wanna tell you, purposeless living should not be part of a believer's life. No, our purpose is too great. The plan of God upon our lives is too great that we would live purposelessly. And so today, I also wanna say, for any of you that may not have a sense of clarity around your purpose, we ask the Lord today that he would make his purpose for your life abundantly clear. Continue to ask him, continue to seek him, and he will make that purpose clear. Because realize that the enemy, he actually wants to steal. He even wants to steal your very sense of purpose to such an extent that you wake up in the morning and you feel completely down and discouraged because you don't even know why you're alive. I wanna say, don't let the enemy steal your purpose because your purpose is too great. Your purpose is too important. Another few examples of maybe how God has called you to serve this generation. Maybe God's gonna use you to develop apps, apps that will be useful, apps that will help the planet. Maybe God's gonna use you to expand Christian broadcasting in South Africa and in the continent. Maybe God's gonna use you to develop leaders. And you just know you've got such a passion to raise up and develop leaders. Maybe God's gonna use you to influence the business world and that's why he's put you there. Maybe God's gonna use you to protect women. So many women are being mistreated and abused in our nation. And there might be people that God is stirring up to be part of the solution to protect women. 
Maybe God is gonna use you to actually change legislation in this nation. And so I just wanna encourage you, if God has called you to do it, he will empower, enable you, open the doors, and he will bring it about. As I'm drawing to a close, Dr. Miles Monroe, he said the following, one more quote from him. He says, no one came to earth empty. Everyone came with a contribution to make to their generation. Would you say a contribution? Say it a bit louder, a contribution. No one came to the earth empty. Everyone came with a contribution to make to your generation. I believe those words. And it's supported through scripture. So I wanna say to you, child of God, you have a contribution to make. <laughs> Won't you please just say that to the person next to you. Tell them, you have a contribution to make. I'm watching if you're telling the person next to you. Come on, there we go, there we go. Tell them, you have a contribution to make. And every single person does. Would you please say this out after me aloud. I have a contribution to make. To my generation. And by God's grace, I will make that contribution. Now, come on, give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Awesome. Would you stand with me? Stand with me. And so, as we're about to pray, I want to say to each and every one of you, listen to me in this last moment, that in front of you is an opportunity to serve your generation and I want to encourage you under the anointing of the Spirit, I want to say, give yourself to that purpose of God upon your life. Are you hearing me? Give yourself to that purpose of God. Give yourself to that purpose of God upon your life. Give yourself wholeheartedly and you will discover there is nothing like fulfilling the purpose and destiny of God upon your life. Father, Thank you that we can commit this to you in prayer. Lord, it seems abundantly clear to me from Scripture that we have this destiny and that we have this purpose in you. And Lord, I wanna lift my hands to you. Maybe you'd like to lift your hands to the Lord as well. And we say, Lord, we say yes to serving our generation, God. We say yes to the purpose for which you've called us. For those that need to have this purpose made clear, oh God, do that please, Lord. Make your purpose clear. But we declare that our lives are yours. We are not our own, we are bought with a price. Therefore, we will glorify God by serving His purpose. We pray and mean this prayer with all of our hearts in Jesus' name. And we all say, Amen, Amen. God bless you, everybody.